0: going i feel like i just always like jump on here and i'm like hey what's up and then we just get into it and i just say hi as if we already know each other you know because i feel like if you listen regularly then i feel like we do know each other but it's more like you know everything about me and i don't know that much about you which is kind of unfortunate for me so if you want to go ahead and like slide into my dms tell me a little something i don't know like what's your favorite color Or what's the hardest thing you've ever been through? You know, all that is welcomed here. No, but seriously, I do talk with a lot of you guys regularly in the DMs and I love it. Lately, I've been voice noting a lot because that's like just something that I love to do with people in my life in general. I love a voice note. I love a good voice note. I am the queen of sending you 30 fucking voice notes in a row and I just love it. I love it because... I don't know. I feel like texting sometimes, you can't really hear the tone, you know? And sometimes I'm just lazy. So anyway, I've been voice noting you guys a bunch and I fucking love it. Anyway, my point here is I never introduce myself because I low-key fucking hate introducing myself like anywhere, anywhere. I don't like it. I never have. I've said this before, but in college, I don't recommend this, okay? But I would purposely missed the entire first week not the first week but like the first day of every class because I knew that the first day everybody did the fucking stand up and tell me something about yourself and I just would rather lay in the street you know even though I can't shut up and I love to talk so you would think like oh she probably like loves it loves that no no I don't um what was my point here oh so hi if you're new here hello welcome I'm so happy to have you and I'm just not good at introducing myself I feel like I'll tell you my traumas before I even tell you any facts you know any like age sex location does anybody remember that when we would do ASL holy fuck I just remember that when you were in like I would get onto these like chat rooms when before. this is like before MSN okay I'm aging myself right here but before MSN I would get into these gnarly ass chat rooms God only knows how I would fucking find them. It was like Yahoo was, I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was. Somebody knows what I'm talking about, please tell me. I would get into these chat rooms and I would just like go off with strangers. And the first thing people would say was ASL, age, sex, location. All you need to know about me is that I'm just so happy you're here. And that I hope, you know, you hear something in these episodes every week that you needed that's always the goal i still haven't introduced myself okay fine i guess i'll do it hi my name is lisa i wish my mom would have given me a more hispanic name seeing as i am hispanic but no my mom decided to name me lisa marie gilmore and so i just sound like i'm from connecticut and no shade to anybody from connecticut i've never even been there um i just feel like i would have loved a spicier more hispanic name you know what i mean and yeah I don't know anything about Connecticut whatsoever all I know is that I can't fucking spell that word to save my life but that's my name and I'm 29 and I'm in a very complicated relationship with Amazon Prime and I have an, a son named Oliver he is the most beautiful golden doodle you'll ever see and that's just it's just not up for the for a debate thank you um what else can I tell you guys it's about to rain and my mom left today which makes me really sad it's Wednesday it's Wednesday June 1st hello June hello summer I actually don't love summer because I don't like being hot I really just don't enjoy it I don't understand how people like that you know like when Emily comes to visit me it'll be like 100 fucking degrees outside and she'll just go take her meetings on the balcony and I just don't understand and I'm like are you well because this is weird i'm like inside it's like 62 degrees in my apartment anyway um hello summer hello june new month so grateful to be here but i am bummed my mom is gone because when she's here i mean i just I she's my favorite human in the whole world i love her so much and i also i'm i'm alone frequently because i work for myself and i work alone and I, you know, yeah, like I'll go work at a coffee shop or something and like socialize. Obviously, I socialize on the weekends and stuff, but it's more like during the week that I realized when my mom was here, like how much I loved just knowing there was like someone there at night because during the day, I'm so fucking busy and I don't stop that I don't even have time to realize that I might be lonely. You know what I mean? But at night, you know, it's like a Monday through Thursday kind of thing where it's like I don't know. I'm like, you know, I would, I'm kind of craving a little, a little something like a little interaction or something, but like not for too long, you know, I'm just a moody bitch. I, I don't want like full plans Monday through Thursday, but like just a little something. So, it was so nice when she's here because, you know, I don't even have to think about it. I don't have to think about it. We'll either like cook dinner or like go eat something somewhere and then we just come home and, you know, we do a little skincare, watch a show maybe, and then I go to bed And now it's like, oh, fuck, I got to do this alone now. I mean, obviously, I I know I don't have to, you know, I can like seek people out and like I am also seeked out, you know, so it's fine. But you guys know what I mean, right? It's like you get so I got I get so used to it. And then the first days when she's gone, I'm like, wow, I am lonely. I am I'm feeling like a lonely bitch. I've been FaceTiming everybody today. Let's talk about this beautiful fucking episode that we have. With Carolina. Also, another thing, see, she has a beautiful Hispanic name. And normally I would say Carolina, right? But like, I feel so weird doing that, being like, okay, let's get into this beautiful episode with Carolina. Like, you know what I mean? But that's how I would do it in real life. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I'll let you guys get to know her in the episode, but she is on Instagram and TikTok as. The carolina lifestyle and she shares her life with an emphasis on wellness motivation spirituality and just like overall really focuses on the concept of living a beautiful intentional life her content is just very very uplifting and i love it and she also has a podcast called luna the podcast and there she dives into all these subjects really and shares more of her beautiful magic with us so with that said Let's get into this episode. I hope you enjoy. Tell me what you enjoyed. Also, also, thank you to the Queens who rated the podcast last week, and you damned me and it made me really fucking happy. So um, yeah, if you want to make my day, just feel free. You know, five stars only though. I don't need anything. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can, you can be honest, you know, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying like, I would like if you were honest about five stars and not honest about anything else. I'm just kidding. Okay, let's get into this episode. I don't know what the fuck this intro was. I'm sorry. I I don't know. Love you guys and enjoy.
1: I feel the same way. Like I found your podcast and I found you through your podcast and then I just Mm -hmm. started consuming content from everywhere that you (laughs) put at all. So just a little bit about me. I am a lifestyle and wellness content creator and I'm also a health coach and part-time astrologer like I don't necessarily call myself an astrologer but I know a lot oh, about I didn't know that. yes so I'm a Taurus and I have a rising in Aries and a moon in Cancer and I've worked with health coaching clients before so I don't have any current clients but I'm always open to working with people and I focus a lot of my content and what I share on self-love and body acceptance spirituality and just the process of self-improvement and just becoming the best versions of ourselves. So I also work a full-time job and I'm kind of in the corporate world in that way, but it's in a startup now. So startup world, I should say. So yeah, that's the little elevator pitch. I love it. I love that you told me your big
0: three. I'm obsessed with astrology. I don't know everything about it, but I love it. And my life changed when I had my chart read for the first time because I think it was only two years ago. I I discovered there was more than just our sun sign, which is like what everybody knows, right? And so when she yeah. when she laid everything up for me, I was like, oh my God, this explains so much. So I'm a Capricorn sun, Capricorn rising, Scorpio moon. So just wow. like let that sit for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, you can imagine the moon part is honestly the part that made a lot of sense to me. But anyway- um, okay. Oh yeah. No, driven Queen. It's a it's a lot. It's a lot. She she read my chart and she was like, <laughs> she was like, Are you okay? <laughs> I was like, not really, but you know, here we are. <laughs> um okay. So many things I want to like get into. And I was when I was thinking about what we could talk about, I'm like, the list is endless, obviously, but something that I've really been wanting to talk about on the podcast that I haven't at all yet is the concept of masculine and feminine energy. I want us to elaborate on them individually and kind of explain when and why it might be powerful or beneficial to tap into either one of them. But before we do that, for anybody who might not be familiar with them, can you explain to us what feminine energy is and what masculine
1: energy is and maybe a few examples of each? Of course. Of course. I love that we're diving into this because I think it's super important. So essentially, from a high-level perspective – masculine energy and feminine energy have nothing to do with being like a man or a woman or like female male like it doesn't have to do with gender it's more about polarity and so even in astrology we talk about like masculine and feminine energy for the signs and it kind of permeates everything that we do but the the basic the basic difference between it is the energy that they kind of carry so you could also call it like yin and yang or doing and being like there's different ways firm and fluid so there's different words you can use but feminine energy is a lot actually I'll start with masculine energy because it's what we're more familiar with and masculine energy is basically overall vibe of most of our society which is very go 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 to-do lists achieving linear growth so like having a goal in one direction and going from point a to point b with a very structured path And feminine feminine energy is the opposite. It's a lot more about flow. It's a lot more about your intuition, not necessarily rational sense, but more that inner voice. It's a lot about tapping into kind of spiral growth or like a growth that goes up and down. So our process of healing is very tied to feminine energy because you'll have process parts of the process that trigger the wounds again and then you kind of go down and then up again so that's a little bit of feminine energy and it's also a lot about tuning in to that part of you that might not make so much sense and it's a lot about resting and being instead of doing and achieving so you could also think about feminine and masculine energy in terms of things that we do so like masculine energy it could be like to-do lists Like I said, achieving, stuff like that. But then also, yeah, working and the idea that you have like a linear progression and also things like partying and drinking and being social, like that's more masculine energy. But then feminine energy things is more about being, resting, meditating, dancing, flowing, making art, being creative, tuning into like flow, being in nature, kind of the idea of going with the flow. And so like, for example, I think this is a great way of putting it. When you go out and you're like partying and you're going out and you're being super social, the next day, what most people would likely feel is hungover and like what your body's asking is, okay, rest, like tap into your feminine, stay in bed. But a lot of the times I... The way I am, like, wake up and want to be already going. Let's go get the coffee and let's go on the walk and continuing on that masculine flow. So, I've been really working on these polarities and trying to tap in more into my feminine.
0: What if you're like me and when you're hungover, you're just regretting every choice you've ever made <laughs> and <laughs> deleting all your text messages and <laughs> trying to do damage control <laughs> on all of the shit you caused the night before? What would that be considered? Oh
1: my gosh. I feel that like that would be considered the inner critic being activated <laughs> and we can tell her to go. We'll shut the door yeah. on the inner critic. <laughs> I,
0: I love the concept of this and I love how you started by clarifying that it's not a binary thing. It's not something that if you identify as a male or a man that you automatically just carry masculine energy, right? Yeah. Um, and I think we hear this a lot where it's like, oh, she gave me like more masculine energy or like I hear that a lot in different podcast episodes that I listen to or even like something that I I think about when I am with certain people. But what I struggle to do is kind of allow a space for both because I tend to get into my work mode. Right. And it's always like go, go, go. And also I don't even think this is probably something I only struggle with. I think it's just societally the time that we're in is work is so celebrated and entrepreneurship is so glorified and hustling is glamorized. All these things. Right. So it's like Mm -hmm. how can we Mm -hmm. how can we identify when it might be time to make a little bit of a switch? You know what I mean? Like when when is it beneficial? To allow ourselves, let's say, to tap more into feminine energy.
1: For sure. Yeah. And what you're saying, I want to validate that because it's so true. We live in a masculine energy world. And even for us as women, like that's disconnected us from a huge source of our power, which is bringing that divine feminine energy and men as well. But I think especially for women, like that is, even though it's not necessarily gender based, as women, like we naturally carry where we're supposed to carry a little bit more of that feminine. And because society glamorizes achieving, like I grew up as like that overachiever, straight A student that gets praised for just like excelling on all these external things. And so- I think, sorry, sorry to interrupt you.
0: I think it's like, I read, I was reading this somewhere where the person said like, it's almost like we feel as though we have to be masculine and we have to tap into this masculinity and this masculine energy in order to- succeed and in order to climb up the ladder and in order to get praise it's like we feel because of like I think the world that we live in and when we see the certain things that are being glorified right like I think it's only now that self-care is actually glamorized and I think it's only now that people are like hey there's actually nothing cool about working yourself into the ground and not resting whatsoever but that's it's a very new
1: concept oh yeah for sure and I think it was hugely like triggered and brought to our attention by the pandemic because it was this moment where like everything came to a halt. There was no thing of, there was no FOMO. Like there was no such thing as FOMO because all of what everyone was doing was pausing. And so I think that's what kickstarted a huge awakening for a lot of people about this idea of resting and pausing and letting go of doing all the time. And then at the same time, I feel like because of work from home, everyone's working even more than before but your question was basically like how do we tap more into feminine mm. energy?
0: Cuz I don't I don't I don't I don't want to encourage people to tap into their masculine energy any more than we already do. Honestly, like maybe somebody would disagree with that, but I think if anything, or maybe that's just selfishly cuz I want to know and I'm trying to work on that as well. It's like I think we all already can see how much hard work it takes to succeed and to like achieve different things, right? Whatever those things may be for you. So we already know that. So how can we tap into the femininity of it all?
1: Yes. And I think it's super important because it's something I've worked on a lot myself too. Because I I tend to have a lot of masculine energy like – like we're saying, even in astrology, like my rising sign is Aries. Like I like taking action. I like being on the go.
0: I mean, you you heard mine, right? Yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> Even though surprisingly Capricorn, because it's an earth sign, it's actually feminine polarity. Oh, really? And Scorpio is also feminine polarity.
0: Oh, I love that for me. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah. So that's great. It's important for you to tune into this. Yeah. But yeah. I think the best way is to tune into feminine energy is realizing that it's actually an empowering thing to connect to your feminine energy and tapping into rest, tapping into flow, tapping into your intuition and to trusting the universe, trusting your timing and surrendering. We're actually co-creating with the universe because it's not only about taking action and being productive 24/7, it's also about allowing that like deeper truth to come out. So that's what I tell myself. And I find that when I just focus on masculine energy, I just burn out. So what helps me tune into my feminine is listening to music, is having dance parties in my room, is taking a bath. Also, just the whole concept of manifestation is super feminine energy focused because a lot of what manifesting really is about is setting an intention and then letting it go and trusting that it's going to come your way in the timing that it's meant to and you have to trust the universe and trust that there's a higher force that's helping you out to really manifest. Surrender for me was like the last thing I had to master to start manifesting because if you don't trust and you're trying to control, stuff usually doesn't go as planned. It's really really funny that you're
0: saying this because... (laughs) I I don't like write out anything but I just have like notes of things that I'm like, oh maybe like I want to talk about this. And literally the next thing I have was manifesting and manifesting tools. Like that was a that was the next thing that I wanted to ask you and talk about and it's like we just like dove into it.
1: Natural progression. Yeah, yeah,
0: because I think I think at this point we've all heard what manifesting is, right? We've seen it everywhere, we've heard it, we've seen the TikToks, we've heard the episodes. I think um, I've done tons of episodes on it. I think we've all heard about what manifesting is. We've all heard at least the concept of it, right? Like think it, believe it, receive it, whatever it may be. I want to go a little deeper though, because for somebody's like, okay, I get it. I get it. Like I understand what that means. I'm supposed to like think about my dream life and do what I can within my power to achieve it. But then what? I think it's that part that people have a hard time understanding because it's like you said, surrendering, or it's like trusting or letting go. I think people have a hard time understanding what that actually means and what it looks like, you know, because I think people are like, okay, well, I, I, you know, I I wrote down all my manifestations and like I'm trusting, but what does that even mean?
1: You know? <laughs> yes, yes. And I think it's super cool that we're going into this because the analogy that I always say and I always use is basically, there's two. The first is Amazon. So let's say you go on Amazon and you really want a milk frother, like random, but like, let's say that's what you want. love a milk frother. <laughs> so you go and you add it to your cart and you press your order and then the order is out and you're waiting for it to come. You're not really going to be like, oh my gosh, did Amazon, like, did I forget to press like my like order button? What if the truck breaks down? Like, is it really going to come? Like, can I trust Amazon? Like, it's kind of like that where, like, you know it's going to come. But I don't know the exact hour of the day it's supposed to arrive. It's going to get here or what the box is going to look like. It's just going to arrive eventually. And I trust that it will. Like, I trust Prime. And the other analogy is, like, a coffee shop. I trust Prime. The other analogy is a coffee shop. So, like, let's say you go and you order your – what's your – go-to coffee shop drink. It
0: depends on my mood, but usually I like an iced oat milk cappuccino. Or no, an iced oat milk latte. That's what I like. So
1: good. Love that. I love a good iced oat milk latte. So let's say you go and you, like there's a bit of a line and it's not necessarily like an empty coffee shop and you place your order and then you're waiting. The barista took down your order, you swiped your card, like it's there. It's Kevin's got the
0: order. Kevin Kevin has the order. Kevin
1: has the order are you going to keep going up to the bar and say like, Kevin, like, did I, did I, did my card go through? <laughs> like, are you sure? Like, are you making like my latte? Like, no. Right. Yeah, if yeah. you did that, like, Kevin would just be like, what the fuck? What's like, happening can you leave alone. Exactly. like,
0: I'm on it.
1: <laughs> so I think those are like good, easy ways to understand kind of how surrender works. And what I always say is we're in charge of the what, and we're in charge of the why. You can say what you want, you can know why you want it, why it's important, what it might mean something to you. But it's not your job to know the how or the when. I know.
0: And that's the hardest part. That's the hardest part cuz we're so impatient.
1: Yes. Like could you have guessed what color shirt I was going to be wearing today? Like no. Like you knew we were recording, you knew all was happening, but you didn't know how. You didn't we didn't know what the weather was going to be like today exactly. What do you do? What do you do when you get a little impatient? I feel like when I get a little impatient, I just have to tell myself to trust my timing. Because we're all on different timelines. And I read this book once called The Journey of Souls. It was in December of last year, so kind of recently. And it's a very spiritual book, but it's amazing. And what he talks a lot about in that book is basically this guy who's a hypnotherapist. And he did a bunch of studies where he essentially led a bunch of hypnotherapy sessions with people and instead of taking them to their subconscious he took them to their superconscious which is not the level of like your past life it's the level of your soul that lived that past life so he was asking all these people the same questions and then he compiled this book this guy used to be atheist and eventually like got into this world of just past lives and stuff through his studies and a lot of what that book taught me is that when we come into this life we pick certain lessons that we need to learn based on past experiences and arriving to this life for me, I see it as like, okay, I'm learning specific lessons and like Lisa's learning different lessons. And my dad is learning different lessons and my like cousin and whoever, my boss, like everyone's on a different timeline. Like that other girl on Instagram, like every creator, every person is just learning different things at different times. And what is meant for you always find you so I think when certain time has passed and like that manifestation hasn't come true yet it's probably because you haven't fully surrendered it like I think when you're still trying to control the how and you're really like doubting the universe like you're doubt you're doubting Kevin
0: never like, doubt Madeline Kevin Never. Is exactly true. <laughs> nobody had ever explained manifesting to me with an example like that and i think if i were a beginner or just somebody who didn't understand it or had never i don't know heard about it like there that's the best example that i've heard like the amazon one and the kevin one cuz it's so true right it really isn't our job to control how things happen i think a lot of us have control a tendency to want to control things i'm raising my hand like i i i love a control a controlling mm-hmm. moment Same. But I think there's a lot of um, peace in accepting that there's so many things out of your control. And I think life will teach you that very quickly. You know, there are certain scenarios in your life that'll happen that after you go through them, you realize like, oh, you can have, you know, I don't know, whatever, maybe you can have all the friends in the world, you can have all the money in the world, you can have all the fucking shoes in the world, like whatever it is, and you still might not be able to X, Y, and Z. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, you very quickly learn, or I very quickly learned at least that like, I won't be able to control every situation, but still sometimes we get impatient because maybe we want something so badly. But I also think something about the lesson thing that you were saying is that I think certain lessons will continue to try and teach you the certain lesson until you are like, okay, I get it. I understand and once I also realized that I was like, why does this keep happening? If you've ever thought that to yourself, if you've ever thought like, why does this keep showing up? Or why does this certain moment keep appearing in my life? Why does this certain situation keep going this way? Try to find the lesson in that because I I bet you it's
1: because you keep reacting the same way to said oh, yeah. situation. Patterns are so major for growth. But like instead of seeing it as a victimization thing like I'm a victim of the situation it's like why is it happening and also what helps me a lot when I was working through patterns and even now is thinking how am I showing up like what am I contributing to the situation like how am I leading to this also happening and then it's also empowering because that's in your control How you're showing up within your control.
0: We tend to look so much at, oh, she did this or that person did this or that that person didn't do this for me. What are you doing too? You know, I think that's a huge, huge thing that we all have to always remember to like look at. What are your favorite manifesting tools that you go back to? Like, what are your favorite ways to manifest? Because there's so many different...
1: Yeah, it's so funny that you're asking that because I think that my manifestation journey has really changed. So when I first came into contact with manifestation, the tools that I used most was like making vision boards, scripting, so present moment journaling, stuff like that. And I think those are very powerful tools. Don't get me wrong. But it's funny because nowadays, I think the things that help me manifest the most is like meditating with high vibrational frequencies and trying to quiet my mind, just being really grateful for my existing life, like writing gratitude lists and putting myself in this abundance mindset of everything I already have is amazing. And I'm so grateful. Thank you, universe. Thank you, Amazon. (laughs) Thank you, Kevin. Like for all the lattes, like when you really focus on everything you already have, you're showing the universe. Thank you for all the gifts you already gave me. I'm ready to receive more because I'm appreciating the ones you're giving me. So those two tools, I think, are very, very powerful. So when I'm fully appreciating the moment, I feel like new things kind of manifest in my life, new relationships, new people, opportunities. Like
0: by themselves, you mean? Like you're not even thinking like, oh, I I would love, you know, to make new friends right now. Like you're not even thinking that, but because you're so content and fulfilled with what you already have, it just keeps sprinkling more. Yes,
1: exactly. So I'm right now in a moment where I'm not necessarily doing that like, Writing it down exactly what I want because I'm at a moment in my life where I don't really know exactly what I want the next thing to be. And I'm trying to focus on, like, how can I expand this moment? And I love that. I don't really want to make any huge changes. So I want to just manifest more opportunities where I am now and like more happiness and abundance and stuff like that. But to do that, it's not necessarily about for me like writing certain things down. It's the main tools that help me is. Ra- gratitude lists and being very, very thankful. I find that like when I'm falling into those moments where I'm kind of just judging everything that's happening, or feeling really down, which happens frequently. Mm-hmm. Or I'm like, especially right before my period when I'm in my luteal phase of my cycle, I'm like, oh. Oh. literally so judgmental toward myself, and I focus on all the things that are going wrong. When I'm going through those mindset moments, everything is stagnant. Like when I'm always focusing on the lack stagnant and then when I focus on everything I have it's like new things more more so I think gratitude list is like the easiest and best tool in my opinion and then just meditation of any kind and saying affirmations to yourself it can be as simple as like I'm at peace with myself
0: gratitude is something that I I feel like a broken record like I think it's I will never stop talking about about it just because I think it's the simplest most abundant thing that we can do every single day and it's free and it takes it can take you a minute or five hours if you want it to my favorite way to manifest right now is so it's like it's not like I don't even I was gonna say I don't know if it counts but of course it does it's just like not a vision board or not like whatever but My favorite way to manifest right now is I'll either – so in the shower, I either listen to a podcast or – it depends on my mood. I'm very moody, so I just like assess what I need. that day. So I'll either put a podcast on or I have like a playlist, right, if I'm in the mood for a concert. So I typically, when I'm showering and I am listening to music, I'm like imagining the things that I – want. Like I'm imagining the scenarios that I want. That's how I do it. I swear. Or at night before I go to sleep, you know how people always do like talk about that. Like you make up all these scenarios. Like sometimes I'll go the route of like, I'm making up like outlandish scenarios with like Michael B. Jordan that will never happen. But then sometimes I'm like, okay, sometimes I'm really (laughs) consciously thinking of exact moments that I want happening and that's it. And I just like dream about it, or I just like fall asleep to it. And that's it. And that I, I like so don't powerful. even think about it. And I think for me, when I first got into manifesting, I was like, okay, I, I'm like, I like, I like rules. I love a good rule book. I like mm-hmm. to follow the rules as a fun Capricorn, you know? you know. So it's like when I learned about it, I'm like, okay, so I have to write it down, and then I have to, I have to, you know, write this down in my journal every single day, and then I have to, like, I was trying to figure out exactly like the logistics of how it worked, and it. I didn't understand that like it doesn't have to be that way like it doesn't have to be this huge ordeal it doesn't have to look like everybody else's way of manifesting you don't have to vision board if you don't want to you don't have to do x y and z once I kind of took all that pressure off and I was like actually this is just how I want to like vibe out right now and I'm I'm enjoying my fake scenarios in the shower or in oh my bed. god no
1: also like that's super powerful because when you're falling asleep, it's when your subconscious mind is the most open to suggestion. So you're actually doing something very good because visualization is very powerful. It's like one of the best yeah. meditation tools. Um, and when you're falling asleep, that's probably the best time to be doing it anyway. And also you're a scorpion moon and the water is like probably one of the best places for you to like being in water. It's one of the best places for you to manifest tapping into that water element with your moon sign and like the moon representing oh, wow. the feminine, the moon representing the feminine side of us, like our emotions and our power and that like deep intuition almost. Ideal. I, did, I didn't
0: know that I was doing all that correctly, but like so happy that it's <laughs> it's on track. I'm reading this book by this woman, this beautiful woman called Mallory Urban. Uh-huh. And I love her. And she, her book is called Living Fully. And that mm-hmm. is kind of like, the whole premise of her brand really is living your most authentic, fulfilling, most intentional life. And it's been making me think a lot about different things. One of them being, are we, are we like actually alive or are we just existing? Because I feel like so often we are on autopilot. I find myself, sometimes I will go into these waves. Usually it's like a few weeks long where I'm just like literally on autopilot. And I don't even realize that I'm doing it until I actually get out of it. And then I look back and I'm like, oh, wow. Like, do you see what you just did? right there? You know what I mean? Like, I have to actually like have a moment and I can identify the situation. So with that said, I would love to know like, what is the difference for you between, or how would you even describe that, like being fully alive and present versus just kind of like existing? Because I do think there are moments for both. And I do think sometimes we are just on autopilot because of our schedule or we're going through a stressful moment at work or whatever it may be. So I don't even know what my question is, but do you kind of get what I'm where I'm going with yeah. this?
1: Wow. That's so interesting. And I think as you were saying, it's, it's normal. Like we all go through these moments where it's autopilot. And I think the concept of like living, like really living, it's to me very tied with purpose. It's also like very tied to joy and appreciation. So it kind of goes back to the point of gratitude to me. Like when I'm living for, okay. I think what it means to me is to fully live is to not make any decisions based on what I think other people expect me to do and what society expects me to do. Is following my joy and following my desires and, like, actually believing that they're possible, but also trusting that you don't have to do everything right now. And, like, sometimes you're just grinding on something that's growing and it's okay to be on that autopilot because you're just putting in the work. But as long as it's coming from a place of... Love and really enjoying that work. I don't think the autopilot is bad. Sometimes, absolutely no.
0: I think I think there's a place for both, but I think sometimes it's very. I think it's much easier to fall into the pattern of autopilot than I think it is to fall into the pattern of living fully and being super connected to your intention and your purpose and your why. You know, I think it's it's so easy to just like be on our routine and do the same thing every single day. And and I'm not saying that's something bad. I love a routine. I'm not I'm not shading mm-hmm. one or the no, other. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. But I think it's important, important too. Yeah. I think it's important
0: to think about like whoever's listening right now, like just ask yourself like, have I been like fully alive lately in the last few weeks or have I kind of just been like existing and just doing the things that I know I have to do to survive? And if the answer is I've actually just been doing the things that I need to survive. Cool. That's great. Congratulations. You're here. Mm -hmm. But what are some ways that you can integrate like more fun into your life or more purpose into your life, you know? Yeah. And
1: and if somebody is feeling – sorry. I'm just going to add something too. Something that I think that made me think of as well is our phones. I think a lot of the times – What makes me feel like I'm on autopilot is when I'm picking up my phone and scrolling on autopilot. When I'm taking myself away from the present moment on autopilot and I'm not consciously doing that consuming, it's kind of like taking more control of me than I am taking control of the device. So I think like my phone is a big part of that. And the moments that I feel most alive are not moments when I'm scrolling.
0: A hundred percent. I... I wish I could underline that. (laughs) Truly. Like think about whoever's listening. Think about the last moment that you were like so fulfilled or that your heart was so happy or that you felt like you were laughing nonstop or that you just fucking felt at peace and happy. Like you actually felt bliss. When was the last time that happened to you? And if it was, in a moment where you were on your phone, I want you to DM me and tell me exactly what the fuck you were looking at so that I can look at that too because <laughs> I bet you it was a moment when you were with somebody or
1: sharing a moment. Like looking at a sunset yeah, by your- or like on a really good walk or sitting on the grass or listening to a really good song. That's such such a good point. I think those yeah. are the things for me. Like when I'm having a dance party with friends or I'm just like enjoying the moment and I'm eating really yummy food or I'm just watching – like for me, watching the sunset is one of the things that makes me feel the most alive. Or looking at the stars, like it's that kind of stuff that makes me feel alive.
0: If you feel like you've been on autopilot a little bit too much lately, I think the conclusion of this little conversation is do a few things or just one because I don't I don't like to overwhelm myself. I don't want to overwhelm anybody either. Do one thing this week that does not involve your phone. Like it doesn't involve picking up your phone or taking a picture of it or taking a video of it. I think especially us that share our life online, it can be very hard to disconnect and to kind of draw that line of like actually I'm going to have this moment just for myself and for whoever I'm with and not, you know, take a picture of it to post it later, or story it, or put it in a TikTok, or whatever, like, that's so hard for me, where I'm like, oh, I could put this in a vlog, I could put this in (laughs) this, sometimes it's like, I just, I'm just gonna, like, have the moment, no one's gonna fucking, like, it's fine, everything is gonna be
1: okay, if you don't tell people, if you don't show people (laughs) the same sunset, you've shown them for three years, you know what I mean, like, no, 100%, yeah, and I, I did a little social media detox, December of last year to January of this year. And as a content creator, it was very hard to do that for myself. A whole month? Yeah. I took a whole month of everything. Podcast, out of TikTok, wow. out of Instagram, like completely disconnected. And it was really hard to take that step. But I really realized all of this. Like I really realized that I was so much on autopilot. I was so disconnected. And it just kind of brought this awareness to my mind where when I feel like I'm in autopilot, and I'm kind of ungrounded, and I'm not present, and I'm not appreciative, it's probably because I've just been consuming a lot. And then my life like picks up. And let's say I'm really busy with work, and I'm really busy doing a lot and like hanging out with cool people or going on walks and doing things that energize me, that kind of goes away. But when I'm like, kind of just laying in my couch, more than I'm doing anything else and just scrolling and just staring at this tiny little screen, I forget about the magic.
0: What made you get to the point where you were like, I want to take a month off?
1: I think it was a couple of things. The first was that, honestly, I was just comparing a lot. I was comparing myself to a lot of other creators. And I was a little stagnant in my own journey. I was really uninspired. Like, I was like, why am I even making content? Does people even care? And I just like one day had a little mini like emotional breakdown and I was just crying and my friends were like, Why don't you just take a step back, take a weekend off? I was like, maybe I'll just take a whole two weeks off. And then it started with two weeks off and then it ended up extending to a whole month. I also think I wasn't really loving my full time job at that point. And then I ended up finding a new job and switching jobs. And I'm much happier in my current one. But I think that was affecting my mental well-being a lot. And I was comparing myself to people who are full time content creators, and I wasn't, and just what I was saying, like comparing timelines. And that was a time that I was reading that book that then reminded me of everyone's on a different one. I love talking about
0: comparison because it's just so real, and it's something I think we all struggle with whether you are a content creator, a consumer, both, whatever it is. Were you comparing? Your growth, like numerically, were you comparing yourself, your relationships, your body? Like, what were you comparing? Mm-hmm.
1: I was comparing a lot of growth. Okay. For some reason, and I think it was a purposeful reason because I had to take this de- this detox. Instagram didn't give me the Reels feature. It just didn't give me the Reels feature until this January, like until right after I like when I re-downloaded Instagram after the detox. I was like, here's Reels. So I didn't have it the whole fall, and it was helping a lot of creators really like get to new audiences and grow and all this stuff and it was so frustrating I literally I tried to contact Facebook I talked to my friend who works at Meta I like emailed Instagram I tried everything and it didn't didn't work and what worked was me taking a whole month off and then boom it was there so I was really it was a lot of the growth I don't I don't think it was comparing relationships maybe a little bit physically But it was much more so that, like, I didn't have reels and I felt like my growth was stagnant and my life wasn't as aesthetic as other people's. It was more of that.
0: And in your detox month, were you consuming any content or it was completely like you weren't posting or consuming anything? Not even TikTok, Instagram or podcasts?
1: Nothing. Not even podcasts. I'm shook. Yeah, it was wild. It was very transformative and I ended up going home for Christmas. So my family from Chile was visiting and my little cousins that are like six years old were there and I just really connected to my inner child. And it was so cool because I created this really strong bond with them where like they came back in April to visit and we're like so close. So it really just allowed me to be very present with my family. And that was really nice. I read, I think like two or three books in that time. So it was really nice. Were you nervous? Were you
0: nervous to start posting again and, like, to get yes. back into everything? Like, I can't imagine, like, after a month, I would be like, okay, fuck, like,
1: you know? Oh, yeah. I was like, should I even go back to creating content? Like, I definitely had doubts, but I'm really glad that I did come back. It took me a while of getting back in the groove of it because, as you were saying, like when we're content creators, we're constantly looking at our environment and, like, could I use this for content? This is an aesthetic shot. And it takes us away from the present moment. So I definitely took a few weeks to get back to that flow of tapping into my creativity. And I do think though that it helped me a lot with the comparison healing and I feel completely different about that now.
0: A break is sometimes always something that can be beneficial for us. I think if we're feeling overwhelmed, like there's nothing like stopping for a second and taking a step back, like the length of that will depend on you and 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 what you need. But there's, I think we're always so scared, right? To like pause. And especially when we do share our life online and we are trying to grow, it's so hard because you feel like if you don't, like you're going to get left behind or people are going to forget about you. And it's like all these fears. Like I remember I was, I went through a hard December and January of this year. And I was telling one of my best friends, I was like, I have nothing in me to, like, create anything, like, I just don't feel like speaking, I'm just, you know, emotionally, I was done, like, emotionally, I, my bandwidth was at zero, but I was, like, but, yeah, but I love my audience so much on, like, I love my audience so much that it's, like, I don't want to just disappear, and, like, I feel like I've I've already taken a few days, and, like, da-da-da-da-da, right, so I was telling him, like, fuck, mm-hmm. like, I feel like, I, you know, they're gonna, like, forget about, I don't know, I was just being psycho, and, yeah. and he was, like, the relationships that, cause I, I like to think like, I feel very close to the people that listen to the podcast and that I, that, that are on Instagram with me. Like I, I really, that is a, that is the only reason why I do what I do is honestly, the reason why I do what I do is because I like having conversations like this. And because I want to talk to people, that's it. I could give one fuck about everything else. And so that to me is like a huge priority. Right. And so he was like, Like, the relationships and the community that you have fostered, like, they're not going to forget about you in two days, three days, let alone a week. And he was like, and even if somebody does forget about you, like, then maybe they weren't there. They weren't supposed to be in your community to begin with, like, you know, and he was like, you can't you can't show up for them if you're not showing up for yourself and like doing the things that you have to do. And I was like, I know everything you're telling me. I've been in therapy for years. Like I get it, but it's this fear of like, oh, I'm going to get left behind on Instagram or TikTok or whatever. Like it it might sound silly to somebody who doesn't create content, content, but I think it's a very real fear. So like you did in the beginning, I want to validate that fear for you because that's why I'm like, holy fuck, a month, like that's so long, but like good for you because – that's almost yeah. just like an emotional, digital, every re- every single type of reset. and
1: Yeah, it was magic, honestly. And I definitely had a lot of those fears. Thankfully, like when I arrived at this moment of like, okay, I'm going to take this break. I was at brunch with two of my content creator friends. And they were like, people are not going to forget about you. Like, you can do this. And I think that me showing up that way and then coming back and talking about my detox. Like I did a full YouTube video about it and I made a TikTok about it. I've noticed a lot of my content creator friends to do that more like people being like, okay, I'm taking the day off where I'm taking a week off and almost yeah. normalizing that for creators because as creators, we get a lot of burnout. We're on all the time and it's really hard mentally. So it's important to to realize that and as you were saying to our like true community, will love us anyway and they'll be there. How do you, as somebody who
0: works a full-time job creates content on literally all the platforms How do you, and as somebody who's very spiritual and self-aware and like is very in tune with themselves, how do you protect your energy
1: on a daily basis? Love that question. I think the biggest thing that I do to protect my energy is meditation. I try, I don't do it every single day and I don't want to make anyone listening think that my life is perfect in any way because it's something I've really worked on is like embracing imperfection and embracing doing things imperfectly. I think the biggest thing is, as I was saying, meditating, I try to wake up and meditate pretty much right after I wake up, I put the high vibrational frequency music, and then I just do it for like 10 minutes, where I sit there and I listen to the music. And I like let my thoughts come up. And I try to just feel at peace. And I also recently got back to doing like chakra balancing meditations, which I did a lot in quarantine. And I'm doing them again now. And it feels amazing. So that's one of the things that helps me a lot. And being in New York too. Being around a lot of people. Right. Very- You're like a
0: chaotic, chaotic, beautiful, vibrant, but also chaotic city.
1: <laughs> so when I'm walking around, I kind of visualize this energy bubble around me, you know, like a hamster ball like that they would have yeah. in like birthday parties. I know exactly what you're talking like, about. Like imagining yeah. there's one around you energetically and you can pick the color. I usually think of it as like a white light or like a golden light. And so if I'm like walking by like a sketchy person or someone like someone that makes me feel a little bit afraid or anything like that, like I just activate my bubble and it helps a lot. So I feel less drained when I get home if I'm like out and about. And then I think for me, I've been trying to work on my technology boundaries, like even with emails and stuff like that, like not being available 24 seven and setting those boundaries is really important for protecting my energy. And I'm trying to lean more into the feminine too. Like yesterday I took a bath and that was so nice and I haven't done it in a really long time. So I really want to prioritize that more, like stillness. I was going to
0: ask you what your non-negotiables were for the mornings, but it sounds like it's meditating. Almost every morning, if you can do that, are there any other things that you love to do or that when you do them in the morning, you just notice that your day just turns out to be like a lot more fluid and, and just blissful?
1: Yeah. So someone asked me this recently in another podcast and what I told them was that I used to be the type of person which with a very rigid routine, like I wake up, I do this, I do that, I do this, I do that, repeat tomorrow. and. Uh, and the essence of tuning more into feminine energy and all of that I've kind of let go of that idea that it has to be the same every day meditation is something I try to do frequently and then usually I'll try to move my body in some way so something that I've been doing is I'll go on a walk and I'll grab a matcha and then I'll walk back or I'll do a little yoga flow in my apartment living room or I'll go to the gym in my building or I'll go to a workout class like that changes but I try to incorporate movement and at least once or twice a week not incorporating movement and just allowing myself to rest and then I always eat a yummy breakfast like for me that's a non-negotiable always have breakfast and I always eat before I have any like caffeine coffee matcha any of that so if I'm going on a walk to grab coffee or matcha I always eat like a smoothie or some type of breakfast before. So I think those are my main non-negotiables. I love
0: that. I recently did a morning routine episode and I spoke about this as well, how how my morning routine used to look and how I thought it had to look and how social media made me feel like it had to look versus what it looks like now. And I was you know, a few years ago I was in that like Gary V mode where it's like, you have to wake up at six in the morning in order it to be successful or whatever. And it's like, I really believed that. I was like, oh my God. Okay. Like if I don't wake up at six in the morning, it means I'm not going to fucking, you know, kill it. And I realized after a while, I was like, why am I doing this? Like I don't want to wake up. At, I I was waking up at like five, five 30. Mind you, I work for myself and even before I like, was wor- I was working for an agency and I was, you know, before I went off and am doing my own thing, I still was working from home. And- On your own time. Yeah. And like, yes, I had meetings. Yes, I had client uh, appointments and meetings and stuff, but they-, they weren't that fucking early. And so I was like, why am I doing <laughs> this to myself? Like there is literally no need. I understand why somebody who is potentially a mother or has a full-time job and, has to get home to her family, has to wake up in the morning and go get their workout in if they want to or whatever it is, right? Like I was like, you don't have to do this if you don't like it. You know that, right? And I was like, I had to give myself permission to like not do this fucking shit. And I was like, why am I? I Anyway, and now-
1: No, yeah. and I think you have a good point. How is it now? Well, now it's just
0: I assess what I need on a given day. And it depends on the kind of day that I'm about to have. I'm a very sensitive person like energetically like i I get very overwhelmed easily, even though I can carry a lot i like I'll give you an example Painting. if I have like let's say I have two podcasts in a day, which I try not to do because i I always feel very not in a bad way, but I always feel like drained after a conversation just because like you're so on and you're so like I don't know I, I try to give everything I have and so after a conversation I'm usually like oh like I want to go do like quiet work or something like that right so I try not to do like yeah. two in a day but let's say I do let's say I have a podcast and then I have like something social like in the morning I will know like okay I need a little like me time I need a little more like journaling time I need a little more of this whatever I like assess what the day is gonna look like I think about how do I feel? Am I really tired? Did I stay up late working sometimes like sometimes I really love to work late at night? sometimes I don't mm-hmm. so now my morning looks like whatever I need like I don't have a set structure anymore like I like to wake up between seven seven thirty and I like to journal and do my things but sometimes I won't do it. Sometimes I'm not in the mood. Sometimes I sleep in a little more. Sometimes I wake up earlier. Like it really just depends on like what I need on a given morning. And now I don't make myself feel bad if I don't complete the five fucking hundred tasks that I thought I had to do in the morning. Um, And if it doesn't look like what it used to look like or what I see somebody else doing, like I don't really care anymore. I have given myself permission to wake up the way I want to wake up and do the things that are going to make me feel good that day. And that's been so very freeing. That.
1: That's so good. I'm so proud of you for that. That's amazing. And I think what you were saying is really true where there are some people like if their mom, if they work a job that starts at 8am or 7am, like that's a different situation. Maybe there are people listening and that's their reality. And I think in right. that case, having some level of structure and some level of giving to yourself before you give to other people is like extremely important. So maybe that means having like a set alarm or a set routine. But same as you, I pretty much work on my own time. I work for a startup, but I can just get my work done in the time that I need to unless I have a meeting. But most of my workmates are in the West Coast. So my meetings are later for me. So in that sense, I do have a little bit more freedom over my schedule. But I think it's a lot about tuning in, too. So even those people that might need a little bit more structure, some days if you wake up too early and you're freaking exhausted and you went to bed late just because you want to keep up that routine you're putting your body on fight or flight because that's going to okay. cause more stress physically and that's going to have less long-term benefits and more long-term harm than anything else
0: so tap into the feminine energy and rest if you're feeling really tired
1: yeah <laughs> i feel like okay. the whole episode we've touched on in different ways which is like the surrendering and the, manifestations, the yeah. Like allowing yourself to rest when you need. It's the disconnecting from the phone and being present in your life. All of that is tapping into the feminine. I
0: love everything about this conversation. I could talk to you for hours. My last question for you is a little homework assignment. And I want you to tell us how you're going to be 1% kinder to yourself this week.
1: Ooh, I love that. Okay. This week, I'm going to be 1% kinder to myself by saying my affirmations in the morning, and speaking kindly to myself. I've been really trying to get back into affirmations, even if it's like one in the morning, like one word or one sentence that I say. And the one for today is, I am at peace with how I am and how I look. And that's, I think, something I'm really trying to tap into. So I love that's that. a good reminder for this week.
0: Everybody say your affirmations. I love that. Um, I loved everything about this. Where can people listen to you?
1: Where can people find you? Tell Mm -hmm. us everything. Thank you so much for having me. I loved this conversation too. It feels like we've already known each other for so long. I know. I'm like, so "So what are you doing later? (laughs) I'll be be in Miami very soon. So hopefully we can meet in person. Oh my God. Yes. I would love to Yes. Amazing. But if you're listening and you want to learn more about all of this, all of these things that we talked about, you can find me at the Carolina Lifestyle on Instagram and on TikTok. And I also have a podcast called Luna the Podcast. And you can find it on basically any streaming platform. I do guest episodes on Mondays and solo episodes on Thursdays. And yeah. And if anyone listening is like interested in working with a coach, I'm always open to clients. I'm not like Actively announcing it anywhere, but I am always open to working with people or doing birth chart readings. So, yeah, that's me. Love it. Thank
0: you so much. Thank you. Hope to I'll see you. I'll talk too. to you soon. Bye.